Welcome to the Living Anchored Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Shores Church in St. Clair Shores, Michigan. My name is Scott Lorraine, and I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and we'd love for you to take a few moments and listen to our most recent sermon. We believe that it will bless your life and help you live a life anchored to Jesus Christ. Hey, good morning, and welcome to the Shores Church. Whether this is your first time ever joining us or you have been with us online ever since COVID started, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Would you just hit like or subscribe or share this with a friend or leave a comment? We just want to know that we're bringing some content that is encouraging you with God's word. So let us know that by doing that like, subscribe, share, comment. We would greatly appreciate it so we can continue letting other people know about the power and the goodness of our God. This morning, we're going to continue our series, Jesus Equals, and we are going to study Hebrews chapters 5, 6, and 7 today. In week one of the series, we looked at the idea that Jesus equals God's word. Last week, we looked at the idea that Jesus equals God's rest, and today we're going to be looking at the idea that Jesus equals God's high priest and offering. But before we do that, would you repeat after me this morning, your word is written in my mind. Your word is hidden in my heart. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will seek you with all of my strength. I choose to live my life according to your word. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. Well, this morning we're going to go ahead and we're jumping right into the text. Instead of starting directly in chapter 5, we're going to go back a couple verses because it sets up what happens in chapter 5. So would you start reading with me in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14, all the way through chapter 5, verses 10. Let's read it together this morning. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then have confidence drawn near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifices for his own sins just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself but only when called by God, just as Aaron was." So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. 
being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. This morning, the first point that I want to pull out of this is the idea that Jesus equals God's high priest and offering. It's the first point, it's the main point that I want you to take today. This passage we just read, it's so simple, but it's so powerful. To the Jewish Christians of the time, they would not have been surprised by the notion of having a high priest. Today, we don't necessarily think of it in that same way, that even the equivalent of a lead pastor is not the equivalent of what a high priest was. During the, the biblical times in the Old Testament, even bleeding into the, the New Testament, there is a sacrifice system that took place. The priests uh, that were a part of Levi's family order, they were Levitical priests, that they made offerings for the people of all sorts. There was burnt offerings, offerings, sin offerings, peace offerings, food and drink offerings, and guilt offerings. And that the people would have to bring different things to the temple that they would offer it up. And there was a cost to it that every single time that they had to, to give this, they had to give an animal, they had to give uh, grain, whatever it may be, so that they could be made right with God. And that the priest system would administer the process, but that there was a high priest who was over all of the priests. And again, he would be a part of uh, Levi. He would be from the family line of Aaron, because Aaron was that first high priest going all the way back to the, the beginning of the, the Old Testament with Moses. Aaron was Moses' brother. And that on, the, on Yom Kippur, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and make an atonement for all of Israel. This would happen once a year. And the idea of the Holy of Holies is that you have the, temp, the temple, that you have the outer gates, then you have the, the inner courts, and then the holy place. And, but then the Holy of Holies, it was behind this veil where only the high priest could go and could only go there once a year. The Ark of the Covenant was here. This was the place where God's presence rested. And that once a year, the high priest could go in. That, again, you would have to be from the, the tribe of Levi. You would have to be from the, the bloodline of Aaron in order to be even considered for the high priest. It would get passed down from uh, family member to family member. Typically, when the high priest died or retired, their son, if they were appropriate for that role, that they would take over and they would become the next high priest. What's interesting about this is when we read it, it doesn't say from the order of Aaron, but it says that Jesus was going to come from the order of Melchizedek. And so we have to look at it of who is Melchizedek and where does he come from and why is Jesus going to be in this order versus the order of Aaron and the Levitical priests. And if we went all the way back to Genesis 14, verses 17 through 20, we would see his story. But for the sake of being in Hebrews, I want to look at Hebrews chapter 7. So would you go ahead and turn with me, and we're going to read Hebrews 7, 1 through 6 right now. For this, Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And to him, Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything. He is first by translation of his name, king of righteousness, and then he is also king of Salem, that is, king of peace. He is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. See how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of the spoils. And those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people that is from their brothers, 
though these are also our descent from Abraham. But this man, who does not have his descendant from them, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. So in this moment, we have Abraham, who would eventually be the father of all of Israel, that would be the, the family lineage that you would see Levi come from and ultimately Aaron come from. But he is coming before Melchizedek. And that Melchizedek, if we went back to Genesis in the passage I mentioned just a moment ago, that we would see that Melchizedek is identified as God's high priest. So we have this high priest that is identified in the Old Testament, in the Torah, that this individual is God's high priest. Eventually, it would come into the, the bloodline of Aaron in the tribe of Levi. But there is a high priest that is with outside of that system. And so when Jesus is identified as being that high priest, it's going back to the original source where Abraham came to Melchizedek. And so what it's really getting at is that this tribe of Levi, this order of Levitical priests, it's not working. It is a decent system. It can bring temporary forgiveness of sins, but they had to keep going back to it. And it wasn't fixing things. So what we need to do is go back to the order of Melchizedek, a high priest that is not within the system of, uh, of the Jews at the time. And that's the order that Jesus is coming from, that Jesus is our high priest, but not the high priest the way they had experienced the high priest, but the way Abraham had experienced the high priest. And that Jesus is going to come in. And the reason why he's greater, because we can look at the priest, we can look at the high priest, and for the most part, a lot of them did very good things and they cared about the people and they helped the people atone for their sin. They helped to make the people right with God in those moments, but the people had to keep coming back because the sacrifices were just that. They, they were sacrifices, but it, they weren't perfect sacrifices. Who was that perfect sacrifice? Well, we find out reading through scripture that Jesus is that perfect sacrifice, that he was without sin, that he was the spotless lamb that was sacrificed so that we could experience eternal life with God. This is the amazing thing, is that we look at Jesus and he is the perfect high priest because he is sinless, but he's also the perfect offering because he's sinless, that Jesus is able to be our high priest, the offer atonement, but he offers atonement by going into the Holy of Holies. Because remember, the high priest went into the Holy of Holies once a year in order to make atonement. And Jesus, as our high priest, goes to make atonement, but he doesn't take an animal with him. He doesn't take grain with him. He takes himself and he offers himself as the perfect sinless sacrifice. And our high priest becomes our offering. And we are instantly connected and made right with God because our high priest offers himself. This, this leads to one of my favorite passages in the, the gospel of Matthew. It's Matthew 27 through 51. I want you to, to look at this right now. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split. Our high priest offered himself. He went behind the veil. He offered himself up as that perfect sacrifice that only Jesus could do. No other high priest of the, uh, the, the tribe of Levi following in the order of Aaron could have did what Jesus did because he was of Melchizedek's order. And he goes behind the veil. He goes into the presence of God. He offers himself up as a sacrifice. 
and then instantly that veil is torn. The veil that was holding back the presence of God in, in heaven that was situated in this Holy of Holies, now all of a sudden God's presence was able to leave the temple, was out, able to go out into all people. This is one of those beautiful things that we see within Scripture, that all of a sudden now that Jesus, by being that perfect sacrifice, he allows the ability for the Holy Spirit to go from just being something that the priest could experience, the presence of God in those moments, to now the Holy Spirit is about to, through the rest of the New Testament, is about to just go out to everybody, that everybody can have the presence of God living in them because our high priest made himself the offering. And when we realize that this is what happens, that the veil was torn so that we could all experience God, not just so that a certain people could go back and experience God and then tell us what happened, but you and I get to experience God because our high priest made himself the offering in the Holy of Holies and the presence of God was released into everybody if we would allow it to happen. It's so encouraging. It's so exciting. It's one of these things that I love so much about Hebrews as it just describes this process. But as in the first two weeks, there is a warning that happens here. So what we need to do now is leave Hebrews 7, and we're going to back up a little bit, and we're going to go into Hebrews 5, 11 through 6, 8. So would you read this with me this morning? We have a lot to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you. That's because you are no longer trying to understand. By this time, you should be teachers, but in fact, you need someone to teach you all over again. You need even the simple truths of God's word. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk is still a baby. That person does not want to learn about living a godly life. Solid food is for those who are grown up. They have trained themselves to tell the difference between good and evil. That shows they have grown up. So let us move beyond the simple teachings about Christ. Let us grow up as believers. Let us not start all over again with the basic teachings. They taught us that we need to turn away from doing things that lead to death. They taught us that we must have faith in God. These basic teachings taught us about different ways of becoming clean. They taught us about placing hands a blessing on people. They taught us that people will rise from the dead. They taught us that God will judge everyone. And they taught us that what he decides will last forever. If God permits, we will go beyond those teachings and grow up. What if some people fall away from their faith? It won't be possible to bring them back. It is true that they have seen the light. They have tasted the heavenly gift. They have shared in the Holy Spirit. They have tasted the good things of God's word. They have tasted the powers of the age to come, but they have fallen away from the faith. So it won't be possible to bring them back. They won't be able to turn away from their sins. They are losing everything. That's because they are nailing the Son of God to the cross all over again. They are bringing shame on him in front of everyone. Some land drinks the rain that falls on it. It produces a crop that is useful to those who farm the land. That land receives God's blessing, but other land produces only thorns and weeds. That land isn't worth anything. It is in danger of coming under God's curse. In the end, it will be burned. First, as we read through this passage, we need to decide to follow God and to honestly 100% follow God. We need to decide to move towards God. We need to make that decision that we're going to study God's word. In the beginning, when you first accept Christ, you don't know anything about it. And so you need people to come alongside you and just teach the basic things. But as you learn the basic things, if you've been in church for uh, three years, five years, ten years, and you keep doing the same things over and over again, 
you're not getting this into your heart and into your mind and into your soul. And it's okay. We're all not perfect. We all grow at different rates, but the idea is that we all need to continue to grow and begin looking more and more like Christ on a day-to-day basis. It's what our goal is. It's what we need to do. And the more you look like Christ, the faster that process begins. But as we learn God's word, and remember, when we learn God's word, that means we're learning who Jesus is because Jesus equals God's word. When we begin to learn God's word and look more like Jesus, we start moving more in the direction of God. When we move in the direction of God, where do we go? We go into God's rest because we know that God is the one who's taking care of us. That when things go bad in our life, we can sit back and say, you know what? God's got this. The beautiful thing with God's rest is Jesus equals God's rest. So that as we learn about God's word, we realize that Jesus equals God's word. As we grow in God's word, we move into God's rest and Jesus equals God's rest. And we can rest and be comfortable because we realize that Jesus also equals God's high priest and offering. Why can we rest? Because we know who Jesus is. We know what Jesus has done for us. And we become so grateful and we move in that direction. But the danger of it is as we learn more and more about God, if we allow ourselves to move away from God, it becomes so much harder to come back because now we have the head knowledge, but we've allowed ourselves to go off in a different direction. We need to continually pushing ourselves to look more like God, to grow in the things of God, to realize that life can be difficult at times. I would love to tell you my life is perfect, that I have it all together, but I don't. I still struggle too. But one of the things I realize is that the more I turn to God and I say, okay, God, I got it. I'm, I'm not in your rest right now. I'm not into Jesus as much as, as I should be. Would you give me your rest? Because if I'm in your rest, it's because I realize that your power is at work and that your high priest is at work and that you made the offering. There's nothing I can do to make it perfect, but I know that you will be who you say you are. So this morning, this is what I I want to end with this morning, is some of you may be hearing this, and this is the first time you've ever heard a presentation of the gospel. Know this, that Jesus came, he was born of Mary as a virgin, he lived a sinless life, that he he was a great teacher. He had disciples that followed him and he allowed himself to go to the cross and be a uh, sacrifice for us, even though he didn't deserve it, even though he lived a sinless life. But what Satan thought that he accomplished by putting Jesus to death just triggered God's plan because God is always at work. God always has a plan A and everything is working in the direction that God wants. And three days later that Jesus was resurrected, that Jesus then ascended back into heaven, the Holy Spirit came down because the veil was torn and the Holy of Holies was open to everybody where we can grow and do the things that God has designed for us. And that Jesus is coming back again to receive his bride one day. And all you have to do, we go and look at John 3, 16, is that for God's love the world, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So this morning, if you want Jesus to be your high priest, you want Jesus to be your offering, all you have to do is say, Jesus, would you come into my heart? Would you come into my life? Would you change me? Would you transform me? Would you make me look like your son? I'm going to pray in a moment, but that's all you have to say. Say it in your own words. Confess your sins and God is faithful to forgive you and cleanse you of all wrongdoing that you've done in your life. Sometimes you may think, well, this isn't fair. This is, this is too easy. And that's it because you can't earn it because Jesus is the high priest. And instead of bringing him an offering, he is our offering that sets us free. And you may have already, you've made that decision. You made that decision 
a little while ago, a long time ago. But let me just encourage you right now, grow closer to your high priest. And I'm going to pray for that over you this morning, that you realize the fact that Jesus already did it. Jesus did all the work. Jesus was the offering. And we just need to accept the fact that Jesus is who he says he is. And Jesus is our high priest and Jesus is our offering, then we can trust the fact that Jesus can do it for our friends too. So we learn God's word, we grow in God's word, we rest in, in Jesus, and then we decide to tell other people about the high priest and the offering that can change their life. Heavenly Father, I pray for my friends this morning. I pray that if they have never accepted you and they would love to do that this morning, Lord, that you would just move in their life, you would move in their heart, you would change them and transform them and make them look radically different right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for anyone that's watching this, that they are struggling with any issues, that they're, they're struggling with sin in their past, or that you would set them free right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, for everyone else who's watching this that might say, I, I follow after God, I love God, Lord, I pray that you would just draw them close to Jesus, their high priest right now, Lord, that they would realize the value of the offering that Jesus was and the realization that we don't do anything to earn our salvation, but once we've accepted salvation, we desire to tell everybody we can about it. Lord, I pray right now, bless my friends, whether they're accepting you for the first time or they're signing up again to go out and to tell others. But I pray that you would just move in them in mighty and incredible ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning before we go to close, i just love if you would repeat the Great Commission. This is the, uh, Jesus in some of his final words, the command the disciples to go out and make disciples that would make disciples so that the message of Jesus Christ would become famous. Would you repeat with me this morning? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Thank you for joining us this morning. If this video this morning hits you, would you just like it, share it, comment on it? Uh, we just want to make sure that the, the good news of Jesus Christ gets out to as many people as possible. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on the Living Anchored Podcast. If this message impacted you, please remember to follow so you can see all of our content in the future and share on social media so other people can have their life impacted as well. Our mission at the Shores Church is to help people live a life anchored to Jesus Christ. So your help will definitely help us accomplish our goal. If you're interested in helping support our church financially, please go to theshoreschurch.org, click on Give, and you'll be able to do so that way. Have a blessed and incredible day, and we look forward to having you with us next time.